Hi, everybody. This week on the RV Podcast, we talk about owning instead of renting your RV campsite. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the RV Podcast. Hey, on our YouTube RV Lifestyle channel this week, we had a a video about a place we visited in Tennessee where you can own your own RV campsite. And man, did that generate a lot of interest. So we asked one of the representatives of that uh, development to come on the podcast and talk more about this growing trend. Plus, we've got lots of other things to talk about, your questions, uh, uh, an off-the-beaten-path report, and much, much more, all on the RV Podcast. This is episode 347, and joining me now is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. Hello, my dear. Hello, Michael. We had so much reaction to, and even got picked up in some of the industry press about our video and our blog story over the weekend about uh, the landings, this real neat development in uh, Tennessee that we visited. So we thought we'd uh, spend a little bit more time, get more details uh, from the representative, Tom Spichalski, who uh, generously gave us a tour. We should point out we didn't we didn't get paid anything by these people. That was just, we were just curious about it. We were just curious. Because people had asked, and uh, I could see why they're curious. So, so we'll talk more about that. We should tell them the story behind the story, though, huh? Because people, you mentioned at the end of the video that we did that you said, well, I wasn't on that. I had to stay back at the campsite to meet somebody or for some, you know, but there was a reason you had to stay back at the campsite. Now we can tell all. We can tell all. I, I think you should tell all. It was your... Uh, it was my fault. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be tattling on you. Yes. Well, uh, as we were about ready to leave the day we toured that place in our RV, we were camping at a state park in Middle Tennessee called uh, Mousetail Landing. Really neat park, by the way, despite the name. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, but as we were leaving, I turned a little bit too soon as we were pulling out of the campsite and ran over a log that was there to kind of delineate the campsite. And in the process, I tore out uh, our, uh, our passenger side equalizer jack, the automatic leveling jack. And I wasn't there to help guide you because I was walking bow. You're being kind. It was all my fault. It was all operator error. And, um, but we were in the middle of nowhere and we had to be at this appointment and, uh, what were we going to do? And what we, you know, what we did is just, I think a great example to everybody about what happens when you have a breakdown or a problem, a mechanical problem with your RV. So what did we do? We called a mobile RV tech. Yep. And, uh, actually they were quite a ways away cause we were in the middle of nowhere, but man, that guy came out and he did a great job, but uh, we had this appointment, and so uh, I called uh, Tom, who was the guy who was going to give us the tour of that place, and he graciously came out to the park, and we did our interview, which you'll hear in a few minutes uh, at our picnic table, and then Tom took me to the development, and we did the tour, but that's why Jennifer wasn't on And Bo and I stayed at the camp. Yep, and uh, Bo would have liked it, because he could have actually run around oh, a little bit there. Yeah, I wish I would have sent Bo with you. <laughs> well, I don't know if Tom would have liked Bo hair in his car. but That's true. I always anyway. forget about the Bo hair. Anyway, we had such great reaction from that. So many people are so fed up, you know, with uh, not being able to get a reservation at a park or find a campsite, that the idea of, of owning a site is pretty interesting. It's a growing trend, and, um, and that's why we did the story. And you can learn more about how it works, at least in the case of the place we visited in Tennessee. And if you have some other places that you think we should visit like that, let us know, and we will do our best as we do our, our travelings. Well, uh, the Memorial Day weekend is over, and uh, we had pretty nice weather here in Michigan. We had beautiful weather. Yep. Uh, but man, as we have been predicting, RV travel has gone through the roof. National Park Service uh, spent the weekend uh, tweeting their PR people, tweeting photos and videos showing huge lines of people waiting sometimes for hours to get in the parks and then to find a parking spot or a space on a shuttle bus. And it wasn't just national parks. It was, it was, uh, 
state parks, county parks, RV resorts, they all uh, were reporting huge crowds. We've been saying that right along the line. Yeah, people need to get out. They couldn't get out last year the way they wanted to, and there's a lot of pent-up energy. Sure is. Um, speaking of energy, there's a lot of energy in Kenosha, Wisconsin this week because uh, that's where we found the winner of that $500 Camping World certificate we've been talking about. We spent the last uh, week with the sweepstakes. We do this from time to time. We'll be doing it again even this month, giving away stuff. Uh, we'll find some cool stuff to give away from somebody else, another company. But uh, this what last one was a $500 Camping World certificate. That's a lot of money. It is. Get something good with that amount. And uh, we did our, our drawing, uh, and uh, we announced the winner on this past week's uh, RV Lifestyle uh, Ask Us Anything show on the RV Lifestyle channel on YouTube. And we thought you might be interested in meeting. Cause he's got a, it, it couldn't have gone to a better person. I mean, if we had to pick somebody <laughs> to go to, it would be our winner, who uh, we'll introduce to you right now. His name is Andy Dietz, he's from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Andy, uh, tell everybody where you're from, first of all. So I live in uh, Paddock Lake, Wisconsin, which is uh, a couple miles west of Kenosha, Wisconsin, right on the Lake Michigan Lakeshore. So kind of and across you, from where you guys are in Michigan. Yeah, you're probably due west of us here. <laughs> uh, so you won $500 from uh, any Camping World store or any Camping World uh, online purchase that you want to make. And uh, you got that certificate that we sent. Everything's good, right? Yeah, that's you wonderful. That? Thank you so All much right. for, for that. Now, tell us a little bit. How are you going to use it? What kind of stuff are you looking for? And Maybe what are they camping? Yeah, what are you, what are you camping? He's a brand new camper. Oh, actually. a brand new camper. Well, I'm brand new to RVing, I guess we could say that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I kind of, I kind of am from the more primitive side of the camping world, which is, you know, I grew up in the Boy Scouts. So ever since, you know, Tiger Scouts all the way up to when I got my Eagle, when I was a sophomore in high school, I was more primitive camping, which is a lot less heat air conditioning than it is (laughs) in the RV world. So I had always talked about taking a trip with my parents out West and we finally ended up just pulling the trigger on it and going out in um, October of 2019, kind of right before everything kind of shut down. But we, uh, we flew into Vegas, rented a Class C, and drove uh, to Zion and Bryce and Grand Canyon for about a week. So that's how, kind of how this, this whole idea kind of sparked. Following that, we talked about my wife and, my wife and I talked about. Uh, Wait a minute, I, this trip was with your parents, did you right. say? Yep. Oh, you, you took your parents. And yep. they were, were they campers, or it was just uh, how many people were with you on that first so trip? So it was uh, myself, my wife, Amber, and then my mom, Ann, and my dad, Greg. So just the four of us. So In a Class dad, C? In a Class C. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you all got along. Yeah, <laughs> I think they did. It was a wonderful time. And uh, yeah. so my dad, you know, did a lot of camping with me and the scouts. And uh, my mom was involved in the Girl Scout program, too, so she was familiar with camping. But we were all brand new to uh, the RV world. So it was a little bit of uh, trial by fire, and uh, we figured everything out, and it was a wonderful trip. And and obviously you still like the RV world because what did you do? Yeah, we got we were lucky enough. So following that trip, we were lucky enough to uh, – to meet a couple who had an RV that was in storage for about four or five years who were, who were looking to get rid of it. So it is a uh, 20, 2008, 27 foot eco travel trailer. Uh, it's a hybrid. So it's got a little pop out tent on it. So I actually bought that before I had anything to tow with it. So <laughs> kind, of, kind of did it opposite to probably whatever else about, you know, 99% of everybody else does. So, but um, we we're able to buy my, buy the truck and, in a couple of months or about a month ago now and uh, just took our first shakedown trip last weekend and survived that and uh, we actually have uh, a, a pretty uh, busy summer planned thankfully um, we're heading out to uh, Moab and Arches and Canyonlands in a couple of weeks and uh-huh. then we're taking my parents out to Badlands and Mount Rushmore in August. Oh, that is awesome, Andy. And uh, so this is a new RV, so you can use that. What are you going to buy? What do you need for that uh, with that $500 gift? Well, new to us. So, I mean, it is a 2008. So, I mean, there's been 13 years worth of technology (laughs) advances and it needed a little TLC. So I was fortunate enough to, you know, living in the Midwest, as you guys know, to have an early spring this year. 
So I was able to get it out of storage in early March and, and start working on some projects with it. And um, I really hope to be able to kind of do some more off-grid stuff um, like you guys do and kind of kind of get off of the the campgrounds a little bit and kind of get out there a little bit more. So definitely would like to try to invest into some equipment to do that. So this, you know, this really helps us kind of get out there and really have a wonderful summer. Well, we are thrilled and we're thrilled that it went to kind of some new RVers, veteran camper, you're a boy scout, you know, camping. (laughs) but uh, uh, new RVers and uh, for you and your family, I just, uh, I just wish you great. I hope Jennifer and I see you out on the road. I hope our paths cross. It'd be wonderful to see what you run out in, guys. All right. Send pictures of your trip. Post, <laughs> post it on our Facebook group. And uh, just uh, thanks so much, Andy. And uh, we're delighted that you were the winner of our certificate. We'll uh, we'll check you down the path. Thanks for, for uh, coming on live to say hi to everybody. Thanks, Mike and John. Appreciate everything Bye-bye. you guys do. That was so much fun. Uh, nice young man and uh, went to a him and I'm sure he'll use it wisely. Yeah, brand new um, RV for him, first RV after being a tent camper and a scout for many years. Uh, thanks to Camping World. Camping World is, of course, one of our sponsors, uh, America's number one RV dealer, as they like to say. But thanks to them for providing that $500 gift certificate that Andy won. And um, we uh, just give them a quick little plug that they have 225 Camping World locations across the country. There's always one close by when you need parts or accessories. And uh, I don't have another certificate to give away right now, but I can save you 10% as a listener to the podcast. If you go to uh, campingworld.com, anything you buy over $99, uh, they'll take 10% off if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10. So go to uh, campingworld.com, shop around, and uh, 10% off if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10. And uh, we uh, thank them again for that certificate. We'll have another, another one of our other sponsors or we get people who are offering uh, us to try things. And we always say, well, give us uh, some extras that you can ship out to our listeners and we'll try one of those. Uh, we've got a couple ideas of some stuff later on. Hey, there's a big change coming up in this podcast starting next week. Uh, I'm, we're really excited about this. Uh, a video version of the podcast uh, will appear on the RV Lifestyle YouTube channel. Now, of course, the audio podcast, which you're listening to now, will continue just as it always has, but there'll be a video version that will go live like this every Wednesday, publish at 6 a.m. Eastern time. And um, in the uh, in the video version, we'll add some photos and uh, uh, video over the things you hear us talking about. So on the RV Lifestyle YouTube channel, same podcast, same content as the audio, but you'll see us on camera as we actually do the podcast from wherever we happen to be. And there will be video inserts for everything from the commercials to the off the beaten path reports. And you'll see photos and, and a lot more. So it'll expose us all, I think, to a whole different audience on our RV Lifestyle channel over there. A lot of you have been asking for this for a long time and we're, uh, we're now prepared to do it for you. Uh, same podcast. One is audio, the other audio and video. It's a good time, I guess, to remind everybody, don't you think, John, that if they're not already a subscriber to the audio podcast, that they should be. They should be. uh, uh, You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcast app is. It comes out every Wednesday. And uh, now that we're going to be taking the podcast also to our RV Lifestyle channel and video, make sure you subscribe there. Just go to youtube.com slash RV lifestyle, youtube.com slash RV lifestyle. And then you can click the subscribe button and then you'll have the opportunity to click a little bell icon. And then when you do that, you'll be notified when we have new videos online, like the RV podcast and other uh, reports that we do during the week. So check it out. We're pretty excited. Uh, A lot of people have been urging us to do that and we're ready to do it. Right. We are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you have to wear makeup. Do you know wear makeup, I guess, when you go on? <laughs> Only if you do. <laughs> I know. I'm the one who needs it. All right. So uh, anyway, that's what we're about to do, and we are uh, are pretty excited about it. News. Mike's got news. 
RV news, travel news, inside information and trends that shape the RV lifestyle. Here's the RV news of the week. Officials from California to Utah and even our Michigan are warning us of unusually dry conditions, making the risk of fires higher than normal as uh, the summer camping season kicks in. And Utah is experiencing one of the worst droughts in 20 years. And last year, about 64% of the fires at Zion were caused because of people, humans making mistakes like uh, wandering off, leaving their fires unattended or not putting their fires, you know, completely out. You got to do that. And so officials are trying to raise visitor awareness so that people realize just how dangerous this can be. And uh, the same thing in California and even our Michigan, where um, in Michigan, normally these dry conditions are not a concern, but we're used to them out west, but not around us. And it looks like across the country, it's going to be a very dry summer and our veers and campers need to be extremely careful of their campfires. Always, again, always make sure that it's completely out, douse it with water, make sure it's out and never, ever, ever Leave it burning unattended. We did that once, and it was a disaster. It was, and and we only it wasn't away. as bad as it could have been. <laughs> yeah, actually, we had. Oh, guys, do we want to? No, uh, we shouldn't tell them what we did. We were very young. We were very young, and we were tent camping. But but we should tell them because we had a campfire and we had cooked lunch or something on it, and then we took the kids for a hike. But we didn't want the dog to chase up. It was at the time of year where there's some fawns. We didn't want the dog to, to bother the fawns that were, you know, in the woods. And so we left him at the campsite. Chained up. Chained up. And we were only gone for not that long. Not very long. <laughs> and the fire wasn't completely out. And it caught a spark. And it and when we came back, the dog was looking very nervous. There was a ring of fire that was growing closer and closer to him. And I mean, I think if we were another 20 minutes, it would have oh, been... yeah, of, 10 would, minutes maybe. There was a whole stand of trees that were about more dead than alive. And if it would have hit that, oh. it would have been a disaster. So that happened to us once. And it'll never happen again. Hopefully but, it'll um, never happen again. Yep, but that's we were how just it starts. too casual. And you've noticed how dry it is. You know, you're trying to pull weeds out of it and get ready for our, our gardening. And you oh. say, I hope it rains. And you're the only one and say, why do you want the rain? So I can, it's easier to pull the weeds. Yeah, I'm really hoping I can find somebody to do shredded bark. That's <laughs> so the drought is one thing that's uh, that's different this year, but there's another thing. Have you noticed uh, everywhere you look, from New England to Minnesota to Kentucky to Michigan and many other places, reports are emerging about a rise in ticks. Ticks. Uh, an increase, too, in the variety of diseases they carry. Well, I had my first tick that I know of attached to me this year when we were in Tennessee. Was that a Mississippi tick or a Tennessee tick? I don't know. I think it was a Mississippi tick because we got Tennessee ticks right after that. And then just yesterday, we're, I was out helping you weed a little bit. And uh, when I showered, two ticks came off of me. So, so you know, they are, they we've, are never had, we've never had ticks in this part of Michigan. And the thing that, uh, you know, everybody knows that ticks carry Lyme disease or Rocky Mountain spotted fever, but there's a new report out now that says one tick can cause uh, a red meat allergy. Now, who would have thought of that? I never would have thought of that. And other states are reporting ticks carrying two or more infections. So when you are outdoors, be sure and wear protection containing DEET. Uh, do a tick inspection each night. What's that country song? I want to check you for ticks. Well, <laughs> I love that song. But check yourself uh, and before you your go to puppy. bed. And your puppy. Make your sure cat. your dog, uh, you know, because they can bring ticks into your RV and, and infect you. So ticks, they're everywhere. Well, we know it's summer. And uh, a man hiking alone at Yellowstone National Park is hospitalized after he was attacked by a grizzly bear over the weekend. And that was the first bear attack in the park since June of 2020. And usually there's one every couple of years, sometimes more. So so it, it happens. This is, it's, you know, it's unusual because it's a news story, but it's not that unusual. And when that happens, you know, park officials 
They had to close Beaver Pond Trail near Mammoth Hot Springs, for those of you that have been there, where the attack occurred. That's a pretty busy area. It's a very busy area. A lot of people in that area, and that bear was there. And what has to be repeated over and over again is the man was hiking alone, something that park officials discourage you from doing, and we can't tell you enough to carry bear spray. And when we were out there, they even said that your bear spray should be fresh every year. You shouldn't have a can of bear spray that's... 10 years old or something when you go out there, but make sure you take your bear spray and travel in groups. And if you do encounter a bear, calmly back away. Don't try to decide that this is a photo moment and take your selfie picture. Just calmly back up. Did you see that picture? I think we talked about it on a podcast of that woman at Yellowstone who there were some bears and she just would not leave. She kept getting closer. People were saying, get away. And she's taking her selfie and her photos. Uh, well, I, I just saw this week, Yellowstone has now circulating her picture all over the internet and asking people uh, to, if they know who she is, to tell them who they, who she is. Cause they are investigating this for, uh, you know, you just don't do that. You don't do that. Uh, speaking of bears and photos, there are some places where you can take them, and one of them is in the remote Alaska Katmai National Park. Their base camp is opening June 1st, uh, open this week, and visitors uh, will be able to view and photograph bears at the very popular Brooks Falls, again, and another sign that things are getting back to normal after COVID. They had closed that down last year because of COVID, it's a very uh, popular Alaska park. You, you have to, you can't drive your RV there. You got to take, come in by, uh, by air. I think you can also come in by boat, but most by air. Uh, and the thing I love about Katmai is they have live cameras on the bears. Uh, we, I tend to put them up as my screensaver. And as I work during the day, I love to look at that picture of the bears. Uh, we've interviewed on this podcast, a ranger from Katmai, and he talked about uh, about how neat it is. But they do have a photo camp there, and you can get reservations for it, and it's back open. Um, and they, they teach you how to be very safe and to observe these bears. There's some, some, some platforms where you can go and you can watch the bears and get pictures. So Katmai, the bears are open, and the park is back open again. I'm glad to see that. The bears are hungry and the park is open. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're eating salmon, not people. There yeah. was that one picture last year of that guy who was uh, was taking pictures and he was sitting in a lawn chair in a designated area and he's he's got his camera lens up to his eyes and he's just shooting these bears that are feeding. Well, there was also a webcam on him that, that showed him. And as he's taking these pictures, this big brown bear, you know, waddles up and he was like, five feet away from him and looks like, like, looks like, what are you looking at? And the bear sits down on his haunches right next to this guy. And for a couple of seconds, it's the guy in this chair and the pictures and the bear in his chair. And the guy looks up and you could see him. He, he was smart. He didn't jump up and run, but he kind of looked up and like, Oh my goodness. And the bear just kind of got up and after a few seconds and sauntered out to go eat some salmon. But anyway, that's uh, the bears are active. The bears are there. active and they're hungry. Yep. Okay, the last story is getting a lot of uh, traction this week about RVers somehow being a bit elite. It uh, stems from a new uh, survey commissioned by the RV Industry Association, RVIA, that says the average RV buyer pays about $75,000 for a new RV, and almost 9 out of 10 purchase some kind of aftermarket part or accessory. Now, that amount is higher than the average American household income. And in general, RVers are high-income people. The average household income of RVers is about $90,700. Only about 13% of American households earn that much money. That's why they call us elite, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have some doubts about this because, as RV Business pointed out this week, another survey that they took was that about 56 million Americans plan to go RVing this summer. The RV Business assumes that the greater part of those 56 million are not buying a new 75,000 RV. I think that's correct. But instead, they're renting or buying a used one, maybe borrowing one. Sometimes you just have to wonder about surveys. And we don't think our viewers are elitist at all. Just the opposite, in fact. 
I don't know about you, but we treat all surveys with a grain of salt because once the mainstream media gets hold of them, they can be sensationalized to say whatever they want to say. All right, you elitists out there. Enough of our news of the week. Let me tell you that this part of the podcast is brought to you by Rad Power Bikes, America's number one e-bike brand, offering direct-to-consumer shipping on powerful premium electric bikes now with free shipping. Jennifer and I uh, have Rad Power Bikes. We have so enjoyed them. They are so much fun. And you'll see, uh, you're seeing Rad Power Bikes show up at campgrounds all across uh, America now. People have realized that these are great ways to get about, to go exploring. They're fun to visit at the campground. And Rad Power Bikes has a bunch of different models uh, that will fit any kind of rider want or need you have. Uh, Jen has the step-through model. I have the city bike model, but there's folding models. Uh, there is a fat tire version. There's a cargo bike even that they have. Uh, you can go between 20 and 40 miles on a single charge. They're priced at often less than half the cost of comparable bikes in the market because the dealer retail markup chain is cut off. Here's the deal. If you mention RV Lifestyle at checkout, they will take off an additional $75. Uh, again, use the coupon code RV Lifestyle. Free shipping, of course. Visit them at radpowerbikes.com. All one word, radpowerbikes.com. Questions? You've got them. Mike and his network of RV reporters have the answers. Here's one of our questions of the week. All right, what we're going to do with this is is uh, play back a question that we got this past Sunday. I don't know how many of you in the po- that listen to our podcast know this, but uh, we do a live one-hour uh, question and answer session. We call it Ask Us Anything, and we do it live on video on YouTube every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And um, now that we're going to be able to put this podcast on YouTube, we can tell you more about stuff like that. And one of the things we want to do is, is, is give you one of the questions that we had this past week that we answered. And uh, this one uh, was one that, uh, that really uh, Jennifer did uh, most of the answering with because she is the one who had the experience. Uh, here it is from uh, our YouTube Ask Us Anything program this past Sunday. Ronnie Kaoli. Cool. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Please excuse my ignorance. Have you ever had a flat tire uh, while uh, running? How did you react to it? Well, let me tell you about it. <laughs> What's the <laughs> safest thing to do aside from not panicking? Thanks. I had the flat tire when I was driving. And uh, some man was trying to tell me this like twice. And I'm like, who are you? Leave me alone. <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to figure out he was trying to tell me that my tire was. And then when the car started, or when the van started feeling fine, I thought, oh, I got a flat tire. Ah! And uh, luckily, we well, got, how did you handle we it? Got, we just had to drive it. <laughs> no, there was nothing to do. And uh, I just got off at the next exit. We were on I 75 somewhere near Kentucky, in Kentucky. I don't remember what city. And you pulled off and. Two miles down the road was a tire shop. Mm-hmm. We pulled in. They said, yeah, we can fix it. It's the restaurant two doors down. We went to the restaurant, had dinner, came back. Car was all fixed. Now, fortunately, we were we had enough uh, in the thing to drive to get to that. Ne- I mean, the next exit was right up the road, and we could drive. If it had gone completely flat and we couldn't have driven it. Uh, we, we just would have pulled off. We would have called Good Sam and... Uh, had them come and they, you know, they, they, you know, all those services are good. Sam CoachNet, they all work the same. Leisure travel van has, has their own. Most manufacturers have their own service road service. And, uh, but they all work to the same numbers and, and the same deals. And they would have come and, and repaired it for us. That wasn't as scary as when I was driving and there was a uh, road work. There were, there weren't any shoulders and it was a two lane road, you know, both directions, traffic, Texas. And, we were running out of gas. And then I wanted <laughs> yeah. to strangle you because you're yeah. one of those people that how long can we go? And I'm like, when it hits a quarter of a tank. We could go a long way as it turned out. <laughs> I was like, I can't even pull over and have him drive. You know, I'm yeah, going no to run out of gas. There's no place to pull over. Ah, that was fun. That was fun because you weren't driving. And uh, and you could trust it. I said we had 50 miles to go and we found a gas station when we had seven miles to go. So it worked out great. Yeah, worked out great. It was easy for me to say because I was in the passenger seat. And it was hilly. I it forgot was to say that it was hilly as well. Yeah. So 
our rule uh, on gas is we fill up whenever. Well, I like to fill up quarter tank. Quarter tank. Got a quarter tank left. Fill it up. Don't see how far you can go, particularly when you're out west or. And you know, I, I honestly thought there'd be gas stations closer along, but we ended up this stretch. There weren't any for. 30, 40 miles. I bet so. you I could count on one hand how many times we've almost run out of yeah. gas out So it's west. happened before is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, that's okay. And, and then back to the flat tire uh, that the, the questioner had, uh, you know, the, the safest thing is to, of course, pull, pull over. And, pull uh, off the road. Uh, in which we did, and we assessed the damage and, uh, and realized we had enough air in there uh, that we could probably get to the uh, to the the next exit, which mm-hmm. was right up the road. But if that had not been, we would have pulled off the road. We would have called for roadside assistance. But uh, uh, it is a scary thing, you know. And if you remember your driver ed days, you hold on the wheel real carefully, and you don't brake suddenly. You just kind of get over, ease yourself over, and um, just be calm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did great. You yeah. did great. You did great. We didn't go into the time that you were driving in a two lane road and two trucks who were kind of like, uh, I don't know, they're racing or one was trying to pass the other one down a hill. decided to pass the other truck. And I mean, they were coming right to you. Yeah. You, you handled that real well too. You just, what did you do? You just slowed down and slowed down and pulled off the road. I wasn't going to just jerk off the road, you know, get off the road because I didn't know how the gravel, you know, how the RV would respond. And I thought the truck driver is a professional driver. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's hope it wasn't his first week or something. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, if he were good. a professional driver, he shouldn't have been trying to pass where he was trying to pass now that I think about it. All right. That's our question of the week. And uh, it came from Ask Us Anything, which is our uh, Sunday night live. You ask them, we answer them live on YouTube. 7 p.m. Eastern time. Just look for the RV Lifestyle channel. Uh, we love to get your questions. We can do it uh, through our uh, Ask Us Anything program, or you can use our voicemail number. Hey, fellow travelers. Want to have your voice featured on the RV podcast? Send us your questions or comments. Send an audio file to Mike at RVLifestyle.com. Or better yet, use our RV podcast voicemail number. 586-372-6990. 586-372-6990. We want to hear from you. Call 586-372-6990. So Jennifer and I, our favorite way of camping is boondocking. Off the grid, no electrical hookups, uh, no sewer hookups. We carry everything we need with us. But uh, we can do that with great assurances because we have Battleborn lithium batteries. Battleborn is a maker of quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that can be installed in just about every RV. In fact, the first time we got Battleborn batteries, we had a different RV And they literally dropped in and replaced the existing batteries that we used to have. It was so simple. Uh, Battleborn's uh, batteries uh, last longer. They charge faster. They charge fuller. Uh, They're maintenance-free. They're protected by a 10-year guarantee. And the team of battery experts at Battleborn, they're familiar with almost all the existing components on today's RVs, no matter whether it's a towable or a a motor home. They are experts. They can tell you what you need. They can uh, help you match uh, your uh, inverter, solar charger, uh, uh, solar controller, whatever you need. We have been delighted with our experience with Battleborn batteries, and we think that you would too. So uh, check them out. Just go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. That's where you begin the idea of looking into into a lithium batteries because they've got so much information at that website. Just go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Time now for the RV podcast interview of the week. Interesting, entertaining, and helpful information about the RV lifestyle. Here's Mike with this week's interview. All right. As I said, this is a, a detailed conversation with a guy named Tom Spichalski. And Tom is a, is, uh, works in the marketing department of an operation called The Landings, which is um, which we uh, did a, a YouTube video on this past weekend. We visited uh, this own-your-own-lot RV development right on Kentucky Lake, which is also known as the Tennessee, Will- Tennessee River. It's really the same thing. They dammed up the river and made a, it's a big reservoir. But it's a... Huge lake. It's also part of the big loop in which you can go literally from 
the Great Lakes down around Florida and back up the Great Lakes again. It's just an amazing uh, series of lakes. Beautiful location. And uh, the difference with this than other places we've seen, like RV parks, is you, you don't buy just a little narrow lot. You buy acreage. Uh, they started, I think, a third of an acre, he said. Uh, anyway, I want you to meet him. He is our interview of the week. We've had so much interest and reaction from that story and the blog report we did on RVLifestyle.com that we thought that we would use the podcast uh, to let Tom talk a little bit more and for us to ask him a few questions. So our interview of the week, Tom Spichalski, The Landings in Tennessee. Well, Tom, it's great to have you with us and to um, talk about this trend. Uh, explain how fast this is growing and what the needs are for, for many of the, the customers that you guys are seeing here in Tennessee and uh, how this works across the country. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It seems like a fairly new trend altogether. RVers are hitting the road in record numbers. Uh, young people are getting into RVing with, with their van life uh, blogs and, and video, uh, you know, vlogs. And it's, it's uh, you know, as a company, we have transitioned from doing, you know, building lots out in the countryside to changing into RV uh, centric business and it's uh, it's really hit the the it's 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 hit a nerve everybody seems to be um, interested in, in what we have here because RV parks are filling up quickly uh, boondocking is is uh, you know popular but it's becoming more prohibitive to to boondock in places and it doesn't feel as secure to a lot of people so uh, ownership versus renting has really uh, has, has really become a, a trend, and we've tapped into that. We we, we get lakefront properties, um, turn them into something that you can own that's bigger than an RV lot typically. And yeah, let's, people are used to many different uh, RV uh, resorts and parks that sell ownership of a lot. It's just a traditional campground. Sure. The trend that we're seeing with you guys, and it's not just here in Tennessee, is people buying property that isn't a traditional park. So, uh, for podcast purposes, describe this and tell okay. us uh, wh what's different about this than the traditional, you know, buy a lot in our park. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, I, I own a little VW uh camper van i love getting out in the wild you know boondocking's great but it's it's challenging in, in many ways uh, my idea when getting into into uh, camping in a van was to get out in nature and so many of these parks are you know they're they're packed in and they're a little more uh, sophisticated that I like. I, I'm I, I call them. I call them tinaminiums. <laughs> yes, tinaminiums is a great yeah. word for yeah. it. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't deliver on the nature part of it, and that's something that we've always uh, you know been into is big tracts of land for people to get away from it all, and it just is a natural for for this. Uh, so how how big is this land compared to what you would find in a traditional RV park where you buy a lot? Yeah, oh yeah, lots in RV parks. You're looking at uh, 14 by 60, you know, dimensions typically. Um, we're looking at acreage, so they start out at about a third of an acre, which is pretty big for even for a lake house to put a to put a house on. That's fairly big lot. Um, so they start at that size and then go up to several acres. So it's, it's uh, we try to make it, uh, you know, so you can do gardening and you can you can landscape and have space around or invite friends over for uh, for RVing on your property as well. Could you, if you wanted, after you RV for a while, build a small house there? Not in this case. In some cases, I mean, we work all over the place. Sometimes we do something of a hybrid where uh, where it's acceptable to leave your RV there for a long period of time. Um, in those situations, you can also build, and they're more focused on building. But uh, we're going, it, the ratio is starting to change as we get into this trend. Do you see people then uh, at this uh, these places uh leaving their RV for a season or do they have to take it with them after each trip? 
Well, this is a, the, in in this case in the Tennessee property that we have um, on the on the lake, we've got RV storage. So if you want to leave it, it's it's a great situation. You can take your car and uh, you know drive back home, drive back down, take it out of storage and put it on your on your property if you want to do that, or you can just leave it on your property. So now we should talk about the price of this because that's mm -hmm. what everybody asks, and usually we save that till the end. But <laughs> I think that's part of the newsworthiness of this as well uh yes. how much does it cost to do something like this well as a, can you, as a business can you sell model it? What, oh, what, yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah this is fee simple ownership meaning it's un, un restricted it's something that is yours it's equity it's permanent it's available when you want it it's not you're not sharing it in any any way um all the utilities and the and the sewer system it's all yours so um it's it's uh, and the pricing is great. As a company, we try to beat the market prices in any area we are. That's a big part of us. We travel around. We're not tethered to one particular area. So we, we, if we can sell it for under market prices, we we will do the project. And this one is certainly a great value. The prices start at forty nine nine for a dockable lakefront. You know, you can put a, your own private dock on your lakefront property. And you are right on the lake. In a, in a sensational way because across the this lake a lot of it is owned by the TVA uh, the Tennessee Valley Authority and it's, it's not developed it's, it's, it yeah. cannot be developed so they're they're keeping it out of development so you'll see these endless stretches of nature and and that's what you're looking at bluffs big rocky bluffs across the lake and uh, you know a scattered number of houses and things like that but yeah. it's really quite natural you, you mentioned security and that mm -hmm. is a big concern that sure. most RVers have. And, and, and you mentioned about boondocking. In this case, uh, how, how can you assure people about the security of the thing? Well, it's a gated community, first of all. Wait, so it's, it's a gated community? Yes, it's a gated really? community. So you've got an electric gate that's uh, opened by a code. And, uh, you know, ownership is, is required to get in. And so. you can put your own sewer in? You're yes. electric? It, it's, it's all run to the property. You really? tap into it. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And this is in Tennessee. What's happening around the rest of the country? We're seeing the same thing. Uh, we've got interests in Nevada, um, Texas, Alabama, Florida. Um, there's a there's a big demand out west for it as well. Uh, we we are, as I said, sort of going from housing uh, to RV centric business because there is a massive demand from both the millennials and the boomers which are both the biggest populations in we've ever had in american history coming together wanting you know the same thing describe this lake for us T uh, kentucky lake kentucky lake is 250 square miles in size it's the biggest man-made lake east of the Mississippi. So it's a reservoir and a, a, what we call a TVA lake. Tennessee Valley Authority built it for flood control and for hydropower. And it's a, it's a remarkable body of water. It's also part of the Great Loop, which if you're familiar with that or not familiar with it, it's a, it connects with the Mississippi, the Gulf of Mexico, the the uh, Intracoastal Waterway. You can take a boat all the way around, get into the New York Harbor, and into the Great Lakes through it. So it's all connected by locks and and uh, waterways. You'll see big barges go by your so property. So you have your own property in yes. Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You have dockable lakefront property. Yes, it's in a gated community. You can pass this on to your family, or you can Absolutely. sell it yourself. You can rent it, which is a rent. really nice thing. I mean, rents, rents are pretty good. What do you have to do to, I would imagine you want to put in a pad, a level pad? Like yes. What kind of things yeah. are you, can, are you uh, finding? People, people are putting in, uh, and it's up to you. Um, you know, it has to be approved by the management. It's a professionally managed community. It's not an HOA, there's, so there's no, no dues, but there are fees to pay for the road maintenance and that sort of thing, which uh, I'll get into as well. Um, the, the, the fees are about $500 a year for maintenance and the taxes in this area are about $300 a year for a lakefront property. So, you know, all in your $800 of maintenance on these things for, uh, 
for your and and Tennessee has a zero percent state income tax, so people are using this as their primary residence. It's it's phenomenal. So, how do people find out more about this, Tom? Well, it's fairly simple. We've got a lot of good information, videos, and so forth on rvlakes.com. RVLakes.com. We'll put a link in the description for the podcast. I think it's an interesting trend. Thank you for being our guest and getting us excited about uh, another way to enjoy our RVs. It's my pleasure, Mike. Thanks for having me. And that's uh, one of several such developments around the country. And I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of them. Buy your own RV campsite. Now, you've, you've been able to do that in parks, in certain parks and resorts for a long time. But uh, those are traditional, you know, narrow uh, RV lots, uh, and and you're surrounded by lots of other RVs. These are these are big. You can see it in the video that we shot. It's on the RV Lifestyle channel on YouTube, um, and uh, RVLakes.com is the uh, is the address that Tom has. So thanks, Tom, for uh, giving us a tour. And again, they're not sponsors or anything. We didn't get any financial remuneration from them. It's just. We were curious, and we thought it was interesting. We wanted to share it from you. The Interview of the Week segment on the RV Podcast is brought to you by Tim from uh, peaceofmindforrvs.com. If you're planning an RV trip this summer, you are not alone. Uh, Estimated 56 million RVers hitting the road. Um, And uh, many RVers need to consider something that isn't on most of the checklists, and that is specialized emergency transportation coverage that would cover air and ground ambulances and then return to home services and vehicle return. Now, these services are either not covered at all by your major medical or they're poorly covered. Uh, Tim from Peace of Mind for RVs.com, he's been on the podcast before. He thinks the secret uh, is out now that ambulances, especially air ambulances, are they're kind of the poster children for surprise billing. Uh, it's a sad reality that a lot of people believe that they have that coverage, but there's a saying in the insurance business, the bold print giveth and the fine print taketh away. Well, if you review your coverage, it turns out that most carriers that uh, tote that, they cover air ambulances, only cover you for a hospital-to-hospital transfer. They offer no coverage to get you to the initial hospital in the first place, and here's the truth. 68% of all air ambulance claims are, uh, are hospital to hospital. That means there's a 32% chance your specialized coverage will not cover you at all. So to handle that, just go to peaceofmindforrvs.com. So sign up like Jennifer and I did, and you will have peace of mind for RVs.com. Time now for Off the Beaten Path. A unique RV podcast travel suggestion you probably won't find in a guidebook. Here's Mike. There is so much to explore out there off the beaten path. And we go to uh, Tom and Patty Burkett who uh, uh, do a little of baseball exploration off the beaten path. Hey, Jennifer and Mike. Well, baseball season is in full swing and it's maybe time to think about some of those great destinations out there on the road that honor the horse hide and the roar of the crowd. I was on a solo trip one early spring and passed through Dyersville, Iowa, half an hour west of the Mississippi in the city of Dubuque. It's the home of my intended destination, the American Farm Toy Museum. I'm going to save that for another time, though you shouldn't miss it. As I passed through town, there was one of those brown signs telling me to turn left to see the Field of Dreams. Immediately into my mind came the image of the ball players walking out of the corn, and almost against my will, the hands turned the steering wheel of the van, and I was on my way down a county road heading into farmland. Sure enough, there it was. Not terribly inviting on a late February day, but just like in the movie. Although there was an attendant kiosk and concession stands and the iconic farmhouse, I had the place to myself and spent a few minutes looking around before heading back to colorful warmth in the museum. It's quite a different story in Mansfield, Missouri, where you'll find a memorial to Carl Mays. On August 16, 1920, the Yankees were playing the Cleveland Indians at New York's Polo Grounds, and Mays suspected Ray Chapman was going to bunt. He delivered a high inside fastball that hit Chapman on the temple and killed him, the only baseball player ever killed on the field. 
May's long and admirable career as a pitcher was completely overshadowed by that one pitch, and though he likely would have ended up in the Hall of Fame, his only monument is here in his hometown in a weedy and somewhat overgrown municipal park. And if you visit Jacobs Field in Cleveland, you can see a plaque honoring Chapman, recently discovered after it sat for decades in storage, and now proudly displayed in Heritage Park behind the center field wall. So, on this particular morning, we woke up at the Broken Spoke Winery, a harvest host location where we spent the night in the company of a couple of miniature donkeys and a host of other animals. We'd called to make our reservation and to ask about a tasting, but tastings were only happening on weekends. Not to worry, said our host. I'll leave the leftover bottles from Sunday afternoon out for you to try when you get here. Sure enough, there they were in a conveniently placed horse trailer right next to our overnight parking spot. I think there were nine bottles in all. Had we chosen to taste all of it, we'd surely not remember much of the remaining evening, but we exercised some restraint. The next morning, we took a walk to visit the animals in a baseball. We found outside the pig and chicken pen got us talking about spring training and how COVID might affect the upcoming season. So it was that our baseball senses were tuned when we passed through Sudlersville, Maryland and saw a statue in the city park. They were paving the main intersection, so it took a bit of driving around to find a parking spot. But eventually, we were able to walk to the park and learn a bit about Jimmy Fox. Nicknamed the Beast, he was a power hitter who might have outslugged Babe Ruth had he, had, had he not had his best season cut short. Many of his hitting records stood until the steroid era. The Maryland farm boy was named to the Hall of Fame in 1951. Of course, baseball is everywhere across the USA, and many towns, small and large, have stories to discover about America's pastime. After retiring from play, Jimmy Fox coached for a time in the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, made famous in the movie A League of Their Own. Just 20 minutes north of Santa Claus, Indiana, on US 231, you can drive through Huntingburg and stop by League Stadium, where the Rockford Peaches played all their home games. There may be no crying in baseball, but the boys and girls of summer are out here waiting for you in dozens of little towns off the beaten path. All right, thanks, Tom and Patty. And I should point out that the uh, uh, place where they stayed, a Harvest Host location on this uh, report you just heard, uh, Harvest Host is one of our sponsors. And uh, it's just an awesome place. You know, in this day when so many campgrounds are filled and it takes forever to get reservations, uh, you can stay at over 2,000 wineries, farms, museums, tourist attractions, awesome places off the beaten path uh, that are Harvest Host's locations and you stay for free you do have to join harvest house cost you 99 bucks a year but but i can save you 15 percent of that this i can take you 15 percent right off if you just go to rvlifestyle.com slash hh rvlifestyle.com slash hh go there check out all the information about harvest host and if you use that address i gave you rvlifestyle.com slash hh you'll see right away your 15 percent discount is factored in uh, Harvest hosts, they are off the beaten path. They are everywhere. And that wraps up another episode of the RV Podcast with Mike and Jennifer Wendland. New episodes are released every Wednesday, and the best way to stay connected is to subscribe to the RV Podcast. We're in all the popular podcast apps, and you can also listen on the RVLifestyle.com travel blog. Till next time, happy trails, fellow travelers. We'll be looking for you down the road. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast uh, this week. Don't forget, starting next week, we'll have a video version of the podcast on the RV Lifestyle channel on YouTube. Video and audio, we've got them both ways. Thank you so much for watching. On behalf of my wife, Jennifer, our dog, Bo, happy trails, everybody. Happy trails.